Letter twenty two of Young Americans Abroad, or Vacation in Europe, Travels in England, France, Holland, Belgium, Prussia, and Switzerland, edited by J. O. Chules, read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter twenty two, London, dear Charlie, no one comes to London without being told by every one to go and see the parks, so we have been to see these fine breathing places. Hyde Park is about four hundred acres, and has as many as half a dozen great entrances. Its position is high, and it is the great drive of the people of fashion. If you want to see London, you must come here on a fine summer day in June, at about four o'clock, and you will gaze on the finest and gayest equipages of England. A very pretty piece of water is in this park, which is called the Serpentine River. The best skating of London is to be seen here, we are told, in hard winters. The entrance from Piccadilly is by a fine threefold arch. Here is the great Achilles of bronze, in honor of Wellington, made out of the cannon which the Duke captured in Spain. St. James's and the Green Park, this is the oldest in London, and was made by Henry the Eighth. A fine arch affords entrance from Piccadilly, having a bronze colossal equestrian statue of the Duke of Wellington. You get grand views of the Abbey Towers, Buckingham Palace, the York Column, and other objects of interest. The two parks are about one hundred and fifty acres. Regent's Park is one of the most attractive spots on this great city. Here are villas of the finest kind. Some of the prettiest terraces and rows of houses about London are here to be seen. This park contains nearly five hundred acres, and, among other attractions, the botanical and zoological gardens, and the Colosseum. Victoria Park, near Bethnal Green, is a new one, of about three hundred acres, but we did not visit it. Besides these there are more than thirty squares, some of which are very beautiful, and are finely planted and adorned. Belgrave Square is exceedingly rich in its appearance. The houses are built in the Corinthian order. Northumberland House, Charing Cross, is the city residence of the Duke of Northumberland. This externally has no great beauty, but is surmounted by the Lion of the Percy family. It was built in 1605. This noble mansion has been politely opened by its proprietor to the visits of the foreigners who are here at the exhibition. It is a princely mansion, and although we had recently been to Windsor and seen the royal residence, yet we thought this palace home almost regal in its splendor. The staircase is splendid, and the apartments are very magnificent. The hall and drawing-rooms are quite equal, in decorations and paintings, to the rooms at Windsor. We are much pleased with two large pictures, a fox and deer hunt, by Snyders, but there were so many that it is difficult to single out those we admired. There are some beautiful paintings of Napoleon, and exquisite carvings in ivory. In one of the saloons we were all struck with a large Sevres china vase, presented to the Duke of Northumberland by Charles X at his coronation, at which occasion the Duke was present as ambassador extraordinary and made a most astonishing display of English wealth and liberality. Sion House, near Brentford, is another palace belonging to the Duke. This noble mansion is on the banks of the Thames, and is composed of freestone. It is very gorgeously furnished, and the hot-houses and conservatories are not much, if any, inferior to Chatsworth. This mansion has also been open to visitors from abroad, and we received orders from the minister. One of the sweetest features about the metropolis, to my taste, is the vast number of charming villages that surround it. Go where you may, you fall in with cottages, villas, and mansions that convey to the mind the ideas of comfort, elegance, and wealth. I find from Weld that he forgot to tell you that we went to St. Margaret's Church, 
which stands only a few yards off from Westminster Abbey. This is a very old building, and said to be of the days of Edward I. In this very building the celebrated fast-day sermons of the long Parliament were preached, and I felt much interest in thinking how often Cromwell, Pym, Peters, and Harrison had worshipped God in that house. In this church, too, the assembly of divines worshipped, and also the Scotch commissioners, and took the covenant. This church boasts a painted window of exquisite beauty, which came as a present from Holland to Henry the Seventh, and the historical associations of this window are very curious, and well worth your reading about. The monuments of this sanctuary are far from being devoid of interest. I may name, among others, those to Caxton, Sir Walter Raleigh, Sir James Harrington, author of the great book Oceana, the wife of Milton, the mother of Cromwell, all of whom are here interred. While I am speaking of churches, let me tell you that close by our hotel is a very fine one that pleases me exceedingly. It is called St. Martin's in the Fields, but is at present quite central as regards the metropolis. I think the portico is to my eye equal to any piece of architecture in London. It was built in 1726. A church stood here for many centuries, and in 1680, Baxter said that forty thousand people of the parish could not get into the church, and he adds that they lived like Americans, without hearing a sermon for many years. This church has an exquisite chime of bells, and they very much amused me every morning. Yours affectionately, James. End of letter 22. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.